www.grapecat.com. That's www.grapecat.com. Grapecat is an online vegan retail store carrying all of your fashion needs from t-shirts to coats and wallets to duffel bags and everything in between. Grape Cat prides itself on carrying eco-friendly and U.S.-made merchandise. Thank you for dressing compassionately. www.grapecat.com Check them out today. Welcome, Welcome to, to Vegan, Vegan Style Life. Life. Hi, I'm James Lucas. I'm the owner of Grape Cat. We sell high-quality vegan clothing accessories at grapecat.com. And he is wearing one of his wonderful shirts that my son has. <laughs> and I am from I am Ellen Champion from uh, Champion Relationship Coaching, and I help relationships uh, improve and grow and reignite passion, and also help people are singles to find the right partner instead of always ending up with the wrong one so this weekend i went to the new england veg fest Mm -hmm. in worcester massachusetts and on my way i stopped at georgie's diner now it's a typical normal diner but they have a little square on each side of vegan so they have a vegan breakfast and they have a vegan lunch and i had the vegan southwestern tofu scramble and hash browns which was delicious and then at the New England Veg Fest I had to fix my donut had to have my donut fixed so (laughs) I went to Hippie Cakes Bakery and had their Galaxy Donut it's a blue donut with gold stars on it Mm -hmm. and then next to me was FOMU they have ice cream but they also had cupcakes so they had a hostess cupcake and a peanut butter cupcake that I had and all of these three um, places that you mentioned are all in Worcester no Georgie's is in Hampton Connecticut Mm -hmm. and then um, I'll put the links on the website for hippie cakes and FOMU because I don't think that I think FOMU is in Boston Okay. But yeah, and it was interesting because if you buy an early ticket to the New England Veg Fest, you get in a half hour early before the people that come in for free. And everyone ran from the front door to vegan treats. So <laughs> so it was interesting that people were waiting an hour and a half to two hours in line for vegan treats when there's all this other great food yeah. there that they were missing out on. But... I guess for, you know, we're spoiled because we're only 45 minutes from vegan treats. Right, so, right. You know, it's like, I and, would never and, and wait. And they are really good. Yeah. That's in Bethlehem, right? That's in Bethlehem. Bethlehem, Pennsylvania, vegan treats. Yeah, so it was interesting that everybody just ran right to there, and then I guess after they got their stuff, and they, they enjoyed the rest of the show. Right, right. And I didn't know vegan treats had more than one location. So that's they don't. They travel. So like oh, this weekend they were in I New see. England, and then um, Saturday I'm going to the Baltimore Veg Fest, and they'll be there too. Okay. Wow. Okay. Cool. Um, this weekend I went to uh, Nyack Maine Essentials, 
it is a vegan, well, 100% vegan restaurant in Nyack, New York, which is in Rockland County, New York. Um, and they have a Jamaican flair. So that's, you know, I, I, I feel like the name, I, my husband and I were talking about Nyack Main Essentials is a fine name, but it doesn't really show and express what you're going to be getting there. Um, and the owner is Lion. That's his name, Lion. And I know that Lion has a meaning in Jamaica and I, my husband told me and I don't remember. Um, but uh, that would have been really a cool name, I think, for the place. Um, but it has a Jamaican flair uh, and they have all different types of food. They have um, um, burgers and they have chicken sandwiches and wraps and salads, um, but they have main uh, entrees. Um, that have more of a Jamaican, you know, kind of flair to it. Um, I had collard greens, basmati rice and beans, and I, forgive me, I just don't remember the type of dish this was, but it had um, a gluten type of meat, um, and it was so good. I wish I could remember the name of it for you, um, but it was really, really good. Um, very laid back, very Hamish place, um, and... Uh, and Nyack is such a fun town, so um, it's it's a great place to bring your date kind of town. <laughs> uh, lots of stuff going on. Uh, so if you ever are in Nyack, uh, New York, I would definitely suggest going to Nyack Main Essentials. Uh, the people there were wonderful. It's really cost effective, very inexpensive, uh, and delicious. So that's what I have to say about that. And now for the news. So I was just looking for news and I found that in Australia there is a concert going on called Groove in the Moo and they canceled their petting zoo after a petition got 2,500 signatures. And which for us, that's good because you don't want to put animals in a, we don't belong, as vegans, we don't think that animals should be petted like that and it's, it's a little well, stressful. Entertainment. Yeah. yeah. They shouldn't be used for our our needs or wants, you know, it, they should just live their life like we want to live ours. So there's an opinion piece about it, and <laughs> he's obviously a meat eater that hates vegans because everything in here is wrong. <laughs> so it says, angry vegans last week ganged up to pressure a music festival into canceling a petting zoo. Honestly, have you ever met such an insufferable category of people as vegans? We're not insufferable. We we trying our best. I think we're. If you get go to a veg fest, you see how happy and excited people are about different things. So, just because you you enjoy animal abuse doesn't mean that everyone else is insufferable. Well, they don't see. I don't know if he enjoys animal abuse. I yeah. don't want to say yeah. that, but he doesn't see pe a petting zoo as animal abuse. Right. That's the thing, yeah. you know. And he might enjoy animal abuse. Yeah. I don't know, but I don't want to say he does because yeah. I don't know him and we don't know that really. But he just doesn't see it as such. Right. He sees it as a nice little thing. And then he goes on to say, "See, they profess to be such loving, caring, gentle souls, friends of everyone and everything." But some of the some of the most judgmental prigs I've ever met have been vegans. Yeah, you know, it's not judgmental to you know to be care. You can't be judgmental and caring, or how to like. It's well, not judgmental to give your opinion. Well, it is judgmental to give your opinion, right? I mean, he's being judgmental. Right. He's being judgmental. He's being judgmental by grouping everyone together. Yeah. 
judgmental isn't it, first of all isn't necessarily a bad thing it's it's what type of judgmental you are and what you do when you are judgmental that makes it bad or good but um yeah i mean i'm judgmental against rapists and right. animal abusers i think they do horrible things and i'm judgmental against them <laughs> right 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 <laughs> you know you're a murderer or a robber i'm judgmental i guess i am judgmental against those things <laughs> and it's okay um the thing here is though is that you know way back when um before the civil war um or and during the civil war um People were judgmental about not using other people as slaves, right? I mean, yeah. So you know, but we but we fought for what was right. You know, we wanted justice for all people, um, and we still do. Um, well, some people still do, uh, and it's the same thing. You know, it's the same thing. So you know, it's okay. He feel he's expressing himself as we express ourselves. Um, it's just laughable. It's just so, it's, it's hysterical. (laughs) And when I read that, I I have to laugh. And at the same time, I want to cry because there are people out there that just don't get it. They're just not seeing this, you know? And then he goes on to say, so moralistic and oh superior, they like to think of themselves as a higher echelon of human. Mm -hmm. They're apparently more evolved than you and I. Yes, I am. <laughs> I am more evolved. Yes, the vegans. <laughs> He's not wrong. I I am more evolved and right. Thank you for a, the compliment. Yeah, thank you. I guess I should have said thank you for that one. Yes, I am more evolved. And um, <laughs> then he goes on to say, all because they don't enjoy a nice steak with a glass of red. Yes, wine is off the list, too, because it's processed with animal products. No wonder they're generally so uptight and sour. Now, less and less companies are using animal products just because it's more expensive than using clay. So if you, I mean, there's, we still, vegans still drink wine. There's plenty, there's even a vegan vine Mm -hmm. wine. There are vegan wines and vegan beers and. Yeah, so Mm -hmm. again, he has nothing to stand on. We're not uptight or sour. We just don't believe in animal abuse. So, And then he goes on and he says, Animals being petted and fawned over for six hours doesn't really strike me as animal abuse. But never mind. It was shared around in vegan Facebook groups to drum up signatures. Now, I know I don't want to be petted for six hours. <laughs> I don't want kids grabbing at me or pulling pulling my ears or punching me or trying to ride me. So why should we put these smaller animals through those same kind of things? Being well, well, no matter what size. Yeah, what size? I mean, I cow, mean even elephants. Yeah, I don't know what they rides, had at the not... petting zoo, but yeah. And, and so the question is: is yes, affection is nice. I agree with him. Affection is nice. But unwanted affection is not nice. Mm-hmm. Did we ask them <laughs> if this is what they really want to do? You know, of course not. Um, but also, how are they being treated? We don't know that. And, um, I mean, there's been stories that are not very good. So it's more than just about affection. He's just not getting it. Yeah, he's not getting it. That These animals are used to a commodity that it's not this one day of they're not shipped to this one spot for a petting zoo on this one day. 
They are. Sh- it's a business. They're shipped every day, every week to a different spot, and this is happening. And usually, because they're a commodity, they can't be. They're. They have no rights. They have no rights. Yeah. They're disposable. <laughs> you know, when they get not cute anymore, or they get angry, or they start being physical, they're sent to slaughter. So, there's more than just being touched here. Yeah, maybe we should send him this video. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you're listening out there, send this to him. <laughs> and then he goes on oh to gosh. say, that was it. The petting zoo was gone. A music f- festival caved in, scared by a mob of angry vegans. As if we need more proof these miserable sods ruin everything they touch. We didn't ruin, Vegans didn't ruin the music festival. They just took something out of it that didn't need to be there. Yeah. There was no... <laughs> I mean, I've been to music festivals and there's been no petting zoos and I had a great time. <laughs> <laughs> right. You know, and, and also I just have to say thank you to all those people that signed their names. You know, people always say that they, you know, oh, one voice, what can it do? But it really does make a difference. Look, you know, people just sign their names to a piece of paper and it stopped this from happening. At this location. Yeah, at this location. So, so yeah. that's wonderful. So yay to all the people who signed those signatures on that list. And then he finishes by saying, vegans make a lot of noise, but precious little sense. Again, he, d- he doesn't get it at all. He's disconnected. And you know what? He probably has pets. Yeah. So he probably loves animals. Now, on the other side, I'm going to play a little devil's advocate here. And that is, you know, when I was growing up, I used to go to the zoo a lot. I used to go to the Bronx Zoo. And, um, and I used to love the zoo. I took my kids there. I really did. Um, I feel guilty saying that. <laughs> but I did. Of course, now I haven't been to a zoo in a long, long time. Um, but what I wanted to say is that the one thing that I like about these kind of things is that children are raised looking at animals and loving them and seeing them and enjoying them and seeing maybe learning maybe their value. But on the other hand, of course. No, I totally agree. Yeah. I mean, I think I was a vegan in training all along because I liked animals and I I just had that disconnect between my love of animals and what I was eating. Mm. So. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, um, you know, I understand why people enjoy petting zoos is what I'm saying. (laughs) It's just that you have to really look into it and educate yourself about this. It's not good for the animals, even though you may think it is. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, of course, you love animals, so you want to participate and see these things. Yeah, you want to participate, you want to love them and pet them and feed them. uh, And you think you're doing a good thing for them, but it really isn't, so... Anyway, uh, the next bit of news is this. Um, April 25th, this past April 25th, 2017, L.A., and I found this on HSUS's blog, which is the Humane Society of the United States' blog. Um, L.A., Los Angeles, bans use of all wild animals in entertainment industry, including circuses, wild animal shows of any kind, public areas, uh, sidewalks, parks, you know, people just bring their animals or whatever and show them off, Um, and uh, as well as rentals for parties and events. Um, The L.A. City Councilman David Rue, and I do hope that I'm saying your name right, right, uh, it's R-Y-U, 
uh, forgive me if I'm not, uh, he sponsored the measure and won the support of all the council members and HSUS's national council member, Sherry Shanker and the Performing Animal Welfare Society. It's a long article, but that's really basically what it is. And it, it's wonderful. That's a big coup. Yeah. I mean, that definitely sets yeah. a tone for... Because what happens in California seems to spread around the yeah. other rest of the country. So yeah. LA's, LA's doing some great stuff there. It re- they really are with the school. and The school, yeah. Wow, bravo LA. I guess the smog isn't getting to you that badly. (laughs) Your heart is still there. (laughs) All right, so today's um, topic we're both very excited about. James and I went to the Humane uh, Lobby Day at Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, and there is one every year in every state. I used to go to the one in Albany when I lived in New York. Uh, Now that I live in Pennsylvania, um, it's Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. Um, so look it up, please. Uh, Humane Lobby Day in um, whatever your state's capital is. Um, and it was so exciting, right? Mm-hmm. It was just so exciting. I've been going for many, many, many years. Okay. So we went to the Humane Lobby Day. Um, so what happens is, is that once you get there, you know, of course, you go through the registration table and make sure that everything's cool. And they will give you a pamphlet, a little uh, folder. You know, a little folder there. Um, and in it, uh, I just want to show you really what to expect to go there um, uh, so you could feel more comfortable with the idea. Um, so they will give you Gesundheit um, Linus. That's his cat. He sneezed. Um, <laughs> uh, they will give you an itinerary of your day. Um, they will go over all the bills that they will ask you to when they when you meet with your senator or your or, and your representative. Um, they will go over um, what the bills are about that you're going to be addressing with them and asking for them to sponsor it. Uh, so that's really the main purpose. That's the main purpose of Humane Lobby Day is for you to educate or just discuss. Um, the bills that we would like to pass regarding animal rights and um, and just asking them to sponsor the bill so it could pass um, and become a law. So that's, that's the itinerary. These are all the bills <laughs> that right now they're fighting for. Um, there is a long, long, long list. However, um, don't get too frightened. They just gave us three, really, three bills that they were hoping that we would just concentrate on. So it's not like you have to, you know, master all of these bills and know what to say. And it's, you know, it doesn't take that long. It's, it's, it's nice and easy. It really is. Gesundheit. I hope she's not sick. <laughs> no, he's not sick. He's it's got a small nose. <laughs> okay, so one of the bills is this. I hope that you could see this. It's on two sides, okay? Um, and it's support HB, that which is House Bill 248, and it's to help save elephants and rhinos, right? Um, did you want to say anything about it? No, I mean, go ahead. Okay, it's all on me. <laughs> <laughs> it's all on me. Okay, uh, so um, there's a lot of writing here. So basically what this is, is that it is a bill to ban the sale, the purchase, the barter, uh, and the owning of elephant and rhino horn products. 
Uh, now, that being said, if, it w- if you inherited something or if you already own it, um, when this bill comes out, that's fine. They're not taking it away from you. They're not running into your homes and taking things away. Um, but anything from when the bill becomes a law, hopefully, keep your fingers crossed, uh, from that moment on, there's no owning, there's no selling and purchasing and bartering of use of that. So that's what that is. Um, so I just want to let you understand, I just want to inform you of why this bill is um, being, um, being what? <laughs> being passed. Being passed. Or, well, hopefully, know, hopefully being passed. passed. Yeah. Um, so the thing here is, is that elephants and rhinos go through an amazing, horrible cruelty. Um, there's poaching uh, and it's brutal and bloody practice. Animals are sometimes chased with helicopters and shot down with military grade weapons. Tusks and horns are harvested by cutting off the faces of sometimes still living animals. I cannot imagine. I just want to cry when I hear this. Um, Very young animals are often killed for their tiny stubble of tusks or horns. Elephant babies that do not have tusks are left as orphans, unable to fend for themselves. They often die if not rescued by humans. I'm just, when I hear this, I just, um, I get very emotional about this stuff. Um as most probably you do also if you're listening to this. Um, but um, please check this stuff out. And uh, even if you didn't go to Humane Lobby Day, and I'm going to go through the others as well, but even if you didn't go to Humane Lobby Day, please make an appointment. Um, they have most probably an office in your area, in your county, um, and just... And just make an appointment. Uh, get a group of people if you can and go. Um, it is They really value when their, um, their residents come to them and, uh, and talk to them about what they want. They want to be you know, voted in again. You know? They want you to think highly of their choices. So let them know what your choice is, please. Um, the other one is uh, an all-around... Here it is, an all-around animal abuse statute overhaul, um, sponsored by Representative Todd Stevens. He is, if you know Representative Todd Stevens, uh, if you're from Pennsylvania listening, he is amazing. He is just so great for animal rights. So um, send him a thank you for just being wonderful uh, when it comes to animal rights, please. Okay, so what this is, um, uh, why do we need an animal abuse Statue, statue, right? I'm saying that right overall. Uh, okay, so let me see. Um, all right, so this legislation updates and clarifies the existing animals abuse statute and increases penalties for abusing any animal. Penalties will be more clearly delineated among summary offenses, misdemeanors, and felony charges based on the seriousness of the animal abuse. First-time offenders could be charged with a felony. This provision would be new to PA, Pennsylvania, uh, accepting felony charges for animal fighting and killing an endangered species. Also, this bill provides escalated penalties for repeat offenders. This is fabulous. This is so, you know, and again, there's so much information here, uh, but I am very sure that you could look this up. Um, 
where is the number? All right, so this is HB, again, house bill, um, 1238, okay? Um, oh, that got passed. And that got passed. Mm-hmm. So now it's going to the Senate. Right. right, so now it's going to the Senate. Thank you. Yes, so the HB, the house bill, got passed because of Representative Todd Stevens. Yahoo! And um, and now it's going to the Senate, and hopefully, you know, that's going to be passing. So, uh, so you need to speak with your senator and ask for them to pass it. And if you, um, and I would strongly suggest just even sending Representative Todd Stevens a thank you note. And and you know, it's always nice to be validated and valued, and and know that there are people out there that uh, are. Um, very happy with how you're doing things. So um, he's doing a great job. He really is. Uh, and then there's the Pennsylvania's live pigeon shoot. Um, all right. This just... It just boggles my mind that it's been on the books for so long. It, yeah, that that's another true statement. <laughs> um, there's so many things that boggles me about everything here. Um, you know, with the human race... There is a law. You don't kill, period. You just don't kill anybody. Why we have to take extreme baby steps with animal rights, I find it very upsetting. Mm -hmm. I mean, how about don't kill and don't abuse them? It's like very simple, but no, everything has to be, you know, you you can kill him and abuse him this way, but not this way. It just drives me insane. But... At least there's baby steps. Um, I have to, even though this whole thing annoys me in one respect, um, thank goodness for it, really, because at least we are taking baby steps. I mean, when I was in New York um, and I went to Humane Lobby Day, I was fighting against the bull hooks um, for uh, elephants uh, uh, regarding elephant abuse in circuses, uh, and they stopped it. Now, I was very upset. Well, what about tasers? They use tasers, too, but this bill was just for bull hooks, uh, bull hooks. Uh, but because of that, Ringling Brothers is down. Yay! Yeah. And because of that, um, L.A. is banning the use of wild animals in their entertainment industry. I mean, it's, it's, so it does work, um, even though it's upsetting. It, it takes it really, a long It takes time, a so. while, but it works. So, okay, so getting back to Pennsylvania's live pigeon shoots. Okay, um... What it is, is that they stuff a pigeon in a really small box. Um, There's probably holes in the box to breathe, I would assume. Yeah. But it's very dark and they're disoriented and it's terrifying. I mean, can you imagine you being all crouched down in a box that you cannot get out of? And you are there probably for hours and hours and hours. Then they open up the box and it ejects the pigeon out. And there are people with guns and they shoot them. They are ejected out. They are stunned. They are disoriented. They are terrified. I mean, just imagine you going through that. They are terrified. And what happens is, is that they shoot the bird as it's getting flung um, into the air. And 
they, their purpose is to kill them. Now, sometimes they do. Sometimes they don't. Sometimes they wound them. And they are left there in extreme pain. They are just, I, I, I just, it's so horrible. And then they have their young children pick up the dead birds and dispose of them like they are meaningless. Now, I used to work years ago, I used to volunteer my services um, at a wildlife, uh, it was called Lifeline for Wildlife, as far as I know, it's no longer in existence, and it was in uh, Rockland County, New York. And um, I used to be terrified of birds. I was, and I'm sure it's because of Alfred Hitchcock, the birds movie. Um, but growing up, I was, I mean, I loved them. But like if, if they were flying in a room, I would be scared, that kind of thing. So when I worked for this organization, um, I told them, you know, because they had this huge, what they did was they rescued animals that were hurt or orphaned. Uh, they would take care of them and then they would release them back in the wild, which I love doing every one of those things in that organization. It was just such an amazing experience. Um, so, but once they knew that I was terrified of birds and there were a lot of birds there, um, they had to help me with that. Um, and they asked everybody to leave and they opened up this big cage filled with pigeons that were hurt or, you know, orphaned. And, you know, we were trying to help them and bring them back out. And I went down, I went down and I was covering myself, but she said, no, if you want to work here, you have to get over this fear. (laughs) So I stood up. And she asked me to just make a little hole in my hand. And one of the pigeons was on her finger. And the bee kept on going in, you know, like it was like a mother bird getting food. And my heart just melted. Oh, my God. And then she put the bird near my face. And the bird, the pigeon, was rubbing their face on me like my cats do. They are so affectionate. They are my favorite bird now. I love pigeons. They are so affectionate and all they want is love. Like every animal, we just want love, right? You do, I do, that's for sure. I'm, I love affection and, 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 and your pets do. The other animals are no different. They're just no different. Uh, when I hear this about pigeon shoots and, and animal abuse and killing elephants and rhinos for their horns i mean it's ridiculous it's 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 horrible it's legislation would ban track or block shoots um, in which a bird is launched in front of an awaiting shooter out of a box or tethered down to an object or is this is it do we still have the block shoots in here or we take that out this year we took that out oh we took that okay so just banning launching a bird out of a box in front of a waiting shooter. If you're not familiar with live pigeon shoes, I, I just really hope that they get shut down before you ever have an opportunity to become familiar with live pigeon shoes. Um, a shooter stands, it's very much like skeet shooting. You stand in the middle of a semicircle of cages, the shooter yells pull, the cage door opens, and a bird is supposed to fly out. It doesn't always happen. Some of the cages are equipped with a little electronic pulse to force the bird to fly out. Sometimes the bird sort of flops out. Um, because unlike how these sports or sport, um, originated, where pigeons have a very erratic flight pattern, they're very difficult to hit, and it was a marksmanship, 
um, contest. Now the birds are stockpiled by the thousands for days ahead of time without food and water and are generally in the best condition. On top of that, pigeon shooters are not great at hitting their targets, so there's an estimated 70% that are wounded or escape, and then they don't fly home. They're not homing pigeons, so they stay in the neighborhoods, and all of the neighbors are left to deal with dead and dying pigeons raining around them for days afterwards. It is not food, it is not pest control, it is not a game animal, and yet, Pennsylvania is one of the few states in the Northeast that has not outright banned this practice, and therefore it's a haven for it. So the time has come to shut this loophole, to close down the pigeon shoots once and for all, and call them what they are, which is animal cruelty for fun and profit. go over some other things because there's so many bills. Uh, oh, wait, did I say? I want to say what the number is, so give me one second. It's right here. Um, it's SB, so it's the Senate Bill 612. Uh, so please, again, speak to your senator, uh, senators about this. Uh, if you need more information, just let us know on, on Facebook, Vegan Style Life, or under the YouTube video, whatever it is. Please, just let us know. I'll be very happy to help you with this. Uh, but there are a lot of um, House bills and Senate bills out there um, prohibiting the import sale purchase of bar. Oh, that we already told. Then there's the Angel's Law, which increases penalties for violations of animal cruelty. Um, there's just so many different things here. Um, and uh, I'm sure that if you go on to Humane Lobby Day in whatever state you are, um, you know, you'll have different bills, I'm sure. Um, but please check it out and, and be a part, take part, because the animals need you. You know, they don't have their voice. We, well, they have a voice, but we don't hear them very well. Um, no one's listening uh, except for us vegans. So please, 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 your voice matters. What you do matters. Uh, also, I just wanted to share, I have this book my sons gave me. Um, like last year or something. And it's called The Animals Activist Handbook by Matt Ball and Bruce Friedrich. And uh, maximizing our positive impact in today's world. Please get this <laughs> from the library um, or from the bookstore. Please, it's, it's a wonderful book. It really is very helpful. Did you have anything that you wanted to share or say or about your experience or anything? Yeah, I mean, it's a great day. You're... It, it's everyone there's not vegan, so it's right. really a chance for you to go and talk to people that have That's true. <laughs> taken the day off, they've traveled. I mean, it's it's two hours for us, two to three hours for us to drive from Bucks mm -hmm. County up to Harrisburg. But people were driving from Pittsburgh and other places around which is, the state. Which is a lot farther. Yeah, which is like <laughs> four or five hours. Yeah. So people were, you know, are taking this seriously. And some of them are more dog and cat pet yeah. people that are more along Probably that line. Most. So it's really a choice. It's really a chance for you to talk to people about veganism and how they can move forward and not loving animals, but loving animals and not eating them. So this is, it's a good chance to, and talk to your legislators. We, mm -hmm. you know, it's taken, we've been there, I've been there going there three years and we've, we've seen a definite change in who's coming out and how many senators and representatives are actually showing up to come talk to us. And, you know, 
Um, there's the district attorney that was there that had ha- hired the Humane Society to train his police officers to fight some of this animal abuse. So yeah. it, oh, that was wonderful. Yeah, yeah, so there's a lot of stuff going on, and we have a bunch of videos that we're going to show after this yeah. talking about talking more about what the pigeon shoot is. We have uh, a retired senator, Roy off. Uh, what's Roy's? Oh, Roy Afflerback. Afflerback. And yeah, and I'm interviewing him in the video. And then we'll have another video of the. Uh, we'll have another interview with him. But in this video, he talks about how to talk to your representatives and your senators about these laws. Around the room, plus everyone who's left to go to meetings. Tremendous progress. Tremendous progress. And I have to tell you, our friend Senator Leach, who helped to start things off today, he and I go back a very long way. When he was a teenager, he and his mother were two of the best campaigners I had back in the Lehigh Valley. And he has still moved forward and is now in the Senate carrying forth the very same kinds of things that we were doing. But you know, I have to disagree with him on one thing. He told you he hasn't seen any meatless bologna yet. I can tell you you're going to receive some of that today, depending upon who you So there is meatless bologna around here, but we'll be able to sort it out for the real thing. All right, I've just simply been asked to remind you how to best go about the meetings you're going to have. So I'll get this very long speech out of the way very quickly. Very simple. Oh, and by the way, uh, you may have noticed when one of the little babies that was over there got a little fussy, I walked over and she immediately quieted down. That's because I did what I do best. I talk to people and they fall asleep. <laughs> so when you go into these meetings today, pay close attention to the eyes of the person to whom you are speaking. And if they begin to go down a little bit, have someone else, if you're in a team, start speaking at that point. But here's what you want to keep in mind. Obviously, when you go in, you're going to be enthusiastic. You're going to have a big smile on your face. You're going to greet the individual, and you're going to thank them for taking time to meet with you. You noticed earlier that dogs don't have any trouble greeting one another. Now, we don't want to do it in the same way they do, but we want to be enthusiastic about it, all right? You begin by thanking them for taking time to meet with you. If you know that they have also put up a vote or co-sponsored a bill in which we are interested, thank them for that at the same time. Nothing gets a meeting off to a better start with the official than that official being thanked by the people coming in to see them. From that point on, you've got five things to remember, and they're really easy to remember. Number one, state the issue. Why are we here? We're here to pass legislation that will help to prevent further cruelty to animals. It's really easy. Not hard to remember, you do it all the time. Number two, why is it important? State the issue. Number two, why is it important? That's a good time to put in a personal story if you have one. Legislators like to hear personal stories that are real, out of their district, affecting their constituents, and that's a good time to put it in. Number three and number four can be interchanged. Third one can be offer the solutions, and in that case, we have solutions to offer. They are bills number such and such and such and such and such and such. Those are the solutions we have in mind to address this issue of further preventing cruelty to animals. Number four, supply the evidence. And as I said, three and four can be interchanged. Supply the evidence. What evidence do we have that this cruelty needs to be addressed? Well, that's not too hard when we have Libri walking around, one of the best advocates we have, and the other dogs that you've seen, we, got a, we have another friend over here that uh, is a demonstration of why, and this is the evidence of why we need to pursue this direction. And then finally, 
after you've done this, after you've stated the issue, after you've told them why it's important, after you've offered the evidence, after you have offered the solutions, don't forget to make the ask. People, we are salesmen, sales ladies. That's what we do. We're going in to sell something to these legislators that they hopefully will buy and sign on the dotted line and say, yes, I'll support that. Don't forget to make that ask. Will you support this? Will you support this particular bill or any of these bills? Will you support introducing something else if that's what's necessary? Listen carefully to what they have to say during the conversation and make your ask based upon that. And the ask most often will be answered with, well, I'll take this under consideration, but I'll have to think about it. Now, some of the legislators you're going to be calling on are as well versed in this as those who spoke to you today. They will tell you, yes, I'm going to support this. Again, you thank them for that, all right? Most of the others will say, I have to look into it, I have to find out some more information and so on. That's the door for your second ask. Who should I work with on your staff to help get this information to you? Third ask, what information do you think you need? From where would you like to have it? Sometimes they'll say, I need to talk with the rescue groups in my district or some other people back in my district. So you have a series of asks you can make until you finally get them to commit to doing one of them. And one of those might just be, how soon can I get back in touch with you or with your member of your staff to see if you need any more information? Keep the asks rolling until you finally get a positive answer. It's as simple as that. And then when the meeting is concluded, remember, you're only going to have about 15 minutes. When the meeting is concluded, be sure to thank them again. Thank them for taking the time to visit with you. If they've agreed to do something, thank them for agreeing to do something. Nothing, you know, the old, the old cliche, nothing draws flies, flies like honey. Well, nothing draws legislative support like continuing to thank and to thank and to thank. One last thing to remember, in most cases today, you'll be meeting with staff. Because as you came through the halls, I'm sure you saw that there were thousands of people in the Capitol today. There were people from higher education. And actually, we can claim that we're providing higher education as well. We're providing the higher education about what animal cruelty is and why we need to have stronger laws for it. So we're partly here. Where are these ribbons? Where are these ribbons? When you walk through the Capitol and when you go into the offices, people will know that you are with Humane USA. Humane Society of the United States, or Humane PA PAC, or Humane anything. They will know that you are with humane groups of one sort or another. You notice, and this is important to get legislators to notice that and remember it, it lends credibility to your cause that everyone has taken time and expended their resources to come here and do this. You will notice that I wear this little ring on my ties. There's a reason for that. It's a sales technique. I learned many, many, I won't tell you how many, it'll give away my age, many, many years ago that a client will remember you if you have something distinctive from every other salesperson that walks in that door. And I can tell you I have not yet in over 50 years met another salesperson that wears a tie ring. And when I walk into offices in the Capitol, not anymore because most of them know me by this time, but when I walked in the very first or second or third time, I could often hear the staff person say to their boss, yeah, you know, he's the guy that wears that ring on his tie. Yeah. Couldn't pronounce my last name. That's perfectly all right. It took me a long time to figure that out, too. But they knew why I was there. And that's the important part. So wear those ribbons. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And thank you for being here. Check those out. And then next week we'll have a video with... Uh, oh, I forgot. Yep. <laughs> with Save Nosy Now. It's an elephant that's stuck in a Florida circus. 
and they're trying to get her out. So we'll have an interview with the woman that runs that. Yeah, the abuse that um, this poor animal is going through is just heartbreaking. So thank you. Uh, oh, remember to join our <laughs> Facebook group. Vegan Styled, there's a D at the end, Styled Life. And also, if you want to see some of the food I've been posting, uh, you can see that on our Instagram account at Vegan Styled. Yes. Um, and again, you have any ideas, suggestions for us, please let us know. Um, and our next uh, show, the topic will be us. Um, people have been wondering, you know, why are we doing this? Who are we? And so we're going to give you our stories and uh, who we were and who we became um, as far as being vegan and animal rights activists. Um, and, and just sharing our story with you so you could um, get to know us a little bit better. So please leave a review on iTunes and share this video. Thank you. Thank you so much. See you next time.